Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Isometry by Syntax 6 on Omniscribe. Rating Explicit. Miranda was easy to spot in the waiting room. Long legs crossed and a dog-eared copy of people in her lap. She was the only one not keeled over in either pain or anxiety. He took a deep breath and dragged himself over to where she sat. Hi, she said when she saw him. Hi, he said, as he plopped down next to her. I'm sorry to take so long. Don't be silly. I've been perfectly fine here. How is Scully doing? She's okay. He plucked at the large button on his overcoat. Indoors nearly two hours now. He still hadn't gotten around to taking it off. She's sleeping. They're going to keep her overnight. What happened? Mulder leaned forward, his face in his hands. This was always the question, the one for which he followed a million miles of yellow brick road to find a wizard with the answer. Surely somewhere there had to be the original sin, the person with the first blood on his hands, someone to explain why his life just kept unraveling as he stood by with the strands choking everyone around him. Scully's sick, he said. Cancer. Oh, how awful. She touched his shoulder. I'm so sorry. Yeah. He rubbed his face a couple of times and sat back in his seat. Awful doesn't even scratch the surface. No, it doesn't. Miranda paused. I never would have guessed she was sick. Mulder puffed out a short breath. Believe me, she wants it that way. She must be a person of great fortitude to keep working as she has. I admire her strength. It's complicated. Miranda laced her fingers with his and rose from her chair. Why don't we go down to the cafeteria and get a sandwich? You can explain it to me. He shook his head, remaining seated. It's late. I should take you home. You're not driving anywhere. Come on, let's eat something. She tugged until he stood and his stomach picked that moment to rumble into action again. Adrenaline had vaporized the three bites of cheesesteak he had had earlier. I guess a sandwich would be okay. Downstairs, they purchased pre-wrapped plates and cans of soda. The lack of windows made it hard to discern how late it was. Young people in scrubs and wrinkled loved ones waiting out the night sat scattered about the pale yellow room. Mulder followed Miranda to a narrow booth, and slid in across from her. Miranda glanced at him as she removed the plastic covering from her plate. When my mom was sick, everyone walked on eggshells around me, figuring that I didn't want to talk about it. But really, they were the ones who didn't want to talk. How's it going, dear? Good, good. The doctors gave her six months to live, and I still had to present a happy face to the outside world. Mulder bit into his club sandwich and chewed without tasting. His pulse still beat high and rapid in his throat. I stopped at the drugstore one night on my way home from the hospital, Miranda continued. The clerk said, Have a nice day. And I went outside and sobbed in my car for half an hour. Scully is... Scully's going to be okay. Oh, she said startled. Of course she is. She reached over and squeezed his arm. 
I didn't mean, I'm sorry. All I was trying to say is that I know how hard it can be to get through a day when you're falling apart inside. Yes, he thought, feeling himself crumble a bit more. He put down his sandwich. You want my pickle? he asked. No, thanks. Scully usually eats my pickle. Miranda smiled. You've known her a long time, haven't you? Four years. I didn't want a partner, but they gave me one anyway. God, she was so green. She stepped into my office with this serious little face and acted like she knew everything. I'm sure you disabused her of that notion, Miranda said. Actually, I'm not sure I ever did. You know Gina from your class? Well, that was Scully. That is Scully. She's got an argument for everything. It takes two to argue, Miranda said mildly, and Mulder smiled. True. We eye each other over, over the pile of evidence and see who can come up with the theory first. Every big word I use, Scully digs up one larger. Sounds like the makings of a perfect partnership. Mulder shook his head, bemused, and popped open his can of soda. You've been great tonight, with everything that's happened. Thanks. I owe you one. I was happy to help. And the only thing you owe me is dinner. Mulder nodded as he took another bite of his sandwich. I'll have to get back to you on when. No hurry. She rested her chin on her hand, studying him intently. Mulder brushed crumbs off his shirt. What? He asked around a mouthful of food. I'm just trying to figure out if I should be offended or flattered. Um, I'm not following you. She sighed and straightened herself in the booth. You lied to me when you said you weren't attached. Clearly you are. Very much so. Mulder swallowed the lump of bread in his throat. I didn't lie. I think I'll go with flattered, she said to herself. It's better for the ego. Miranda, I'm not seeing anyone. Scully. We're friends, partners. On the outside, maybe. She reached across the table and brushed her fingers over his heart. But not in here. He squeezed his eyes shut. That doesn't change anything. It doesn't count. Fox, she said. And when he opened his eyes, she was looking at him with a sad smile. You beautiful, stupid man. That's where it counts most of all. Scully had to blink several times to be sure she had opened her eyes because the room was as black as the inside of her head. Her limbs felt heavy under the sheet, her tongue swollen in her dry mouth. She shifted as she tried to get her bearings. Dana. Her mom's soft voice floated across the darkness. A second later, a tiny light switched on. Scully turned her head and squinted at her mother. Mom, you're still here. Of course I'm here. How are you feeling? Would you like some water? Yes, please. She struggled to sit up as her mother poured some water into a pink plastic cup. It felt smooth and cool in her hand, and she was reminded of Kool-Aid on a hot summer day. What time is it? It's after one. Her mother wiped the tray where the condensation had accumulated around the pitcher. You should go home and get some rest. I'll be fine. 
Her mother stiffened and then completed her task with one precise swipe. You are not fine. You are running yourself into the ground, and I just don't understand it. Today was a mistake I won't make again. Do you listen to your doctor, Dana? Because I just had a very illuminating conversation with her tonight. You have to slow down. You have to take care of yourself. I am taking care of myself. There certainly wasn't anyone else cleaning up the toilet after she was sick or juggling all of her medication bottles. Mulder, her mother, everyone wanted an up-close look at her illness, but they didn't seem to realize what she was sparing them. I am handling this the best way possible, Mom. You have to trust me on this. Trust you? How am I supposed to do that when I get a call saying my daughter is in the ER because she passed out in the back of a cab? Scully closed her eyes and sank into the pillow. You don't understand. I do understand, her mother said fiercely. I do understand, her mother said fiercely. Scully felt the bed sag, and her mother grabbed her hand. You know exactly what it feels like to lose a daughter. You're not the only one who's terrified here, but pretending you're not sick is not going to make everything magically better, Dana. It only makes things worse. Scully opened her eyes again to find a lock of hair had fallen into her face. Her mother brushed it away. I'm not pretending I'm not sick, she said, but I won't pretend to be dead either. Oh, Dana, no one is asking you to, but all this running you do, all this stress, and for what? Just to put yourself in the hospital? This is time you should be concentrating on spending with your family. You should be doing things you love. I am. The guilty words popped into Scully's head unbidened, and she immediately dropped her gaze. Her actions spoke louder. She supposed, I have priorities, mother. You're just not one of them. Her mother squeezed her hands again. I used to rub your back when you weren't feeling well, remember? And make the special soup. I should be taking care of you now. Instead, I hardly see you. She blinked back exhausted tears. Mom, I'm not trying to hurt you. I promise you that. I just don't know why you would even want to be here during the treatments when there's nothing you can do. I'll be sick whether there's anyone around to see it or not. It doesn't matter. It was her mother's turn to look away. It matters to me. The following Friday morning, he made his opening gambit. Scully. They're showing the African Queen at GW this Sunday afternoon. What do you say we check it out? Across the room, Scully took off her glasses and wrinkled her nose at him. A movie? No, I don't think so. She returned her attention to her laptop. I have to take advantage of the weekends I don't have radiation treatment, and I have a ton of work to catch up on this week. But it's a classic. Bogey and Hepburn, leeches. Come on, Scully. I know you love leeches. She smiled faintly, but did not look up. Another time, Mulder. Why don't you see if Miranda will go with you? Because I'm not supposed to get Miranda out of the house for a surprise party, he thought. No doubt she would cooperate and just go to the damn movie. He tossed a pencil at the ceiling in frustration. It bounced back and hit him in the eye. Damn it, he muttered, 
clutching his injury. Hmm? Scully still wasn't looking at him. Scully. Just tell her, part of his brain said. She'd want to know anyway. Mrs. Scully would have your jewels on a platter if you run the surprise. The other half warned. Mulder, what have you done? She got up from her table. It's fine, he said, as he rubbed his eye. He blinked a few times to fix the blurriness, and all was well again. But Scully was already standing over him. What happened, she asked, leaning down. He used his two good eyes to check out the shadowy hollow between her breasts. Nothing, he said. At that moment, another pencil let loose from the ceiling and landed in her hair. Mulder. Oops. She removed the pencil and sighed. Serves you right, then, she said, as she tossed the offending object back on his desk. She then glanced up at the collection that still stuck to his ceiling. You better take those down before you go blind. It's art, Scully. I'm saying something about the limits of mankind to achieve his dreams. Scully folded her arms and sent him a look of equal affection and exasperation. No. You're saying something about man's attention span when it comes to filling expense reports. But in an artistic way. She rolled her eyes and started to walk back to her desk. Scully, wait. I, uh, I need your help with something. At her instant look of concern, he felt a little guilty. What is it? Is it your eye? No, uh, it's, it's my bathroom. She arched an eyebrow at him, and he scrambled for an explanation. I'm, I'm painting it this weekend, and you've got good, steady hands. What do you say? Help me out for a couple of hours? The little lines appeared between her eyebrows. You want me to help you paint your bathroom? He nodded vigorously. I helped you move your furniture that one time. Her shoulders rose and fell with her sigh. Fine. Saturday morning, okay? Sunday afternoon. She narrowed her eyes. I thought you wanted to see the African Queen on Sunday. I'll catch a Saturday show. He didn't offer anything further, so after another minute of staring at him curiously... Scully shook her head. Sunday it is. He told her one o'clock, and at the stroke of one, Scully knocked on his door. Scully seemed to have beaten the laws of physics at their own game. No matter what the hour of day or traffic pattern, she always arrived precisely when she said she would. As if the time span continuum parted for her like the Red Sea. He opened the door and had to adjust his gaze downward to meet her eyes. Without her heels... Scully reduced to one size smaller, like one of those Russian dolls that fit inside themselves. She wore a faded gray FBI sweatshirt and a girly time machine ponytail that capulated him back to their early days when Scully had waged daily war with her hair. I'm having a crisis, he said by way of greeting. Should I go with Ocean Breeze or Misty Forest? Scully hooked her jacket next to his and joined him by the paint cans. You bought both of them? Yep. Mulder put his hands on his hips. What do you think, Scully? What would Martha do? Martha would use one of her millions and hire someone else to do it. Yes, but... He held up the cans. Blue or green? Leafy or breezy? And why does the interior decorating community think that I'm so hot to pee outdoors? Scully dropped her chin to hide a smile. Use the blue, she said. 
you haven't had much luck in the forest. Ah, true. It's important to cultivate good bathroom karma. He set the green paint back on the coffee table, and she followed him to the bathroom. I cleared out all my junk earlier, so it should be all set to go. You can get first dibs on the brushes. She pursed the assortment he had lying on the counter next to the sink. Just bought one of each, did ya? Yeah, took me long enough to find the damn paint aisle in the first place. I was not about to go back anytime soon. We should take the shower curtain down first, she said, moving to stand on the edge of his tub. She disappeared behind the blue striped plastic until all he could see was her sneakers pinking out below. Mulder. He turned at the sound of her laughter, bouncing off his porcelain. What? She held a rubber alien bath toy above the shower curtain rod. What on earth is this? That's Frohickey being a smartass, or so he thinks. I got even by calling the thing Melvin. I don't even want to think about the significance of you bathing with a toy named after Frohickey Mulder. Huh. He hadn't thought about it that way. She had a point. I'll move it to the bedroom, he called, and Scully dissolved into fresh echoing giggles. Much better. She freed the curtain from the last of the hooks and held it out to him. Get rid of this and hand me the tape and the one-and-a-half-inch brush. I'll start over here. He did as she requested and then popped the lid on Ocean Breeze. Scully straddled his bathtub to tape up the molding. He hoped she worked fast because they were due back at her house at four. How do you do that, he asked, after a solid hour's worth of painting. His strokes left sliding blobs that careened over the tape border and plopped onto the floor. Scully's tape was nearly clean. Do what? My hands have so much breeze on them that I might blow away. He held up his palms to prove it. You don't have a drop on you. She shrugged. Learn to remove the malice and the incus without disturbing the staples, and you could paint a straight line too. I think I'll leave my incus where it is, thanks. How are you doing for paint? Need some more? No, I've got plenty. She broke off in mid-sentence for a wet, choking cough. Mulder looked over and saw his newly painted wall splattered with blood. Shit, Scully. He leaped over the paint cans, skidding on the sheet they used as a drop cloth. I'm okay. She tipped her head back and pinched her nose. A trickle of blood ran down her neck. Mulder batted the toilet paper roll until it unraveled a long trail of tissue. Here, he said, as he handed it to her. Scully coughed again. Your wall. Can't wait. Let me get you down from there. He wrapped his arms around her and lifted her to the ground. Here, sit. Scully sat on the lid of the toilet, and he crouched next to her, with more tissue in hand. I'm fine, she said, still staunching the flow. It'll stop in a minute. He squeezed her knee in and said nothing. Surrounded by pale blue, he only saw the deep red of her blood. A lock of hair had pulled free from her ponytail and wisped against her cheek. It seemed pale and faded next to the life force leaking out of her. Stop looking at me like that. She straightened and wiped the last of the blood from under her nose. I'm fine. Wordlessly, he stepped aside and let her go to the mirror. Oh my God, she breathed. Flecks of blood dotted her chin and the front of her sweater. Scully. 
She turned on the water faucet with a sharp twist, drowning him out. Do you have an old rag? I should be able to get most of it off the wall with just cold water. Maybe you should sit down for a minute. Take it easy. How about in here? She opened the small linen cabinet, but he pulled the door from her grasp. I'll get the wall. You sit down. I'm fine, Mulder. I'll fix it. No. The cabinet door took the skin from his fingers as she slammed it shut. You can't fucking fix it. She left the bathroom with small, angry steps, and he stood there with toilet paper still in his hand. It stuck to his palms as he tried to shake it away. He heard her in the kitchen banging some more doors. Cautiously, he padded down the hall. Scully. These will have to do, she said, brushing past him with a roll of paper towels. He traipsed after her into the bathroom and watched her wet the towels and climb back onto the ledges of the tub. She attacked the bloodstains with vicious swipes. He could see her knuckles turning white from across the room. Leaning against the doorframe, he said nothing while she exhausted herself. The fight left her all at once, her shoulders wilting and the hair falling back into her eyes. We'll have to paint over it, she said, her gaze fixed on his grout. He walked over to her, saw her fingertips peeping out from the edge of her sweatshirt. They were cold and wet when tickled them with his own. It's okay. I'm sorry. He took her hand and pulled her back down. Me too. She leaned into him, sniffling his t-shirt. His thumb found the soft hairs at the back of her neck, and he kept a slow rhythm until she shuddered in his arms. Better? She felt the heat from his cheek as she nodded. I'm all right. He kissed her head and she pulled away. He squinted. I think I got paint in your hair. We're even then. I got blood on your shirt. He looked down, and sure enough, there was a small smatter of red on the edge of his shirt. True partners, he remarked, and she smiled. I'll make you a deal. You finish that strip right there, and I'll take care of the tub. I've got the bigger brush anyway. Min and sighs, she muttered, but she was still smiling. Mulder took his brush and covered the faint spots with a few easy strokes. Gone but not forgotten. He knew he could bring home a little luminol from the lab, a little UV lighting, and the marks would still be there. Evidence that this day had existed. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>